everyone. Welcome to episode 79 of the Book Cougars, two middle-aged women on the hunt for a good read. I'm Emily. And I'm Chris. And we're here today to give you a special edition of the Book Cougars featuring interviews we did with friends old and new at Book Expo. Right. And um, currently, Emily is off gallivanting. I'm not currently because I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> but as these epi- this episode airs, I am in Ireland and Portugal Chris is off to go to her seminar to enjoy all things Cather. Down in Virginia, yes. So we thought we would put this episode together because we didn't want to miss some time. Exactly. And we didn't want to have a five-hour episode. Right. <laughs> so we thought we'd put these fine folks in their own episodes. Just to give you a sense, I'm not sure what order these will be in. We got to sit down with blogger extraordinaire Tamara of Traveling with Tea. The Reading Women, that's Kendra and Autumn. That was our first time meeting them as well. We also connected with Robert, who is a booktuber at Barter Hordes, and he's the guy who started the Booktube Fiction Award that's currently being judged. Alyssa Sweet, who regular listeners may remember her name. She's the events manager for Bank Square Books in Mystic, Connecticut, and then the Savoy in Westerly, Rhode Island. We also sat down with Sarah Woodford, who is the library director of St. Thomas More, the Catholic Chapel and Center at Yale University, and also one of my book club members. Right. So it was a lot of fun to talk with all of them. We talked for about, you know, 10, 11 minutes with, with each of them. We asked them what their mission was at Book Expo. So we hope you enjoy hearing what their mission was and a little bit about what they do. And then we will be back on episode 80 with a regular episode. I just said regular many times, but with our, <laughs> with our, seg- our regular segments is what I meant Regular to say. segments, yeah. We're so, going to have read so much you won't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear now episode 80. I didn't read anything. Right. I was <laughs> busy frolicking in Portugal. But anyway. No, I think Chris will have read a lot of Cather. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. She might have, you know, like a Cather crown when she gets back from Virginia. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. They're going to have some really great keynote speakers there and um, authors. I'm looking forward to their events as well. Yeah, yeah. sure. We so, can't wait to hear the recap. Totally. All right, everybody. Enjoy these interviews and happy, happy reading. Happy reading. Well, hey, everybody. We are here today with Tamara, the blogger behind Traveling with Tea. Hey, y'all. How are y'all? And we have, it's funny because Tamara and I actually met via Booktopia, but never actually met in person. We were part of a group of people that ended up doing kind of a book club. And um, we, it was so funny to run into each other here and realize that we knew each other. That was so funny because I've, I've known Tamara from social media mm-hmm. and blogging for quite a while. So when Emily said that last night, I was like, what? It is such a small world. It I mean, is. I was like, oh my God, really? You know yeah. Right. I know your voice. We've been on phone calls That's together. Right. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Small Definitely world. Very small world. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what your mission is here at Book Expo? Okay. Well, my mission is to get as many books as I can and to make as many contacts as I can, but also to have fun with my blogger friends and to meet people that I've been like seeing on social media for a while you know just and have fun I mean it's a, it's books but it's also about having a lot of fun with people and just kind of you know enjoying New York City so right. it's not I mean it's not all about books it's a big total package of things right. yeah so, bookish goodness bookish so. goodness exactly yeah 
Then tell us about your blog. Well, um, my blog is Traveling with Tea, and it started um, almost seven and a half years ago because I was spending a little bit too much time on Sephora and spending a little too much money, and I needed a hobby. And so I started, basically I took from my Twitter account, which is Rockstar1023, and I expanded to blogging because 140 characters was not getting it for talking <laughs> about books. And then I was like, you know, I started um, shereads.org, formed a group of book bloggers to read books for their book club. I got invited to be part of that. I met a friend named Kimberly Brock. She wrote The River Witch, which is an amazing book, and you must read it. <laughs> she asked me to be the She Reads Twitter chat host at the time. We did that for a while. They have kind of disbanded, kind of not really are doing it as much anymore. And now I'm kind of just doing my own thing and I'm bookstagram and rockstar1023 on bookstagram as well and just having fun. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So now the She Reads Twitter chat has kind of gone away, but is She Reads still going? SheReads.org is still sort of functioning, but um, Mary Beth and Ariel, they have their own books and their own children and busy lives. So they've taken a lot of steps back and just are kind of, you know, not gone, but not as present as they once were. Okay. And when you write on your blog, are you looking for very specific kind of books, or do you cross all genres? I don't cross all genres. I read a lot of women's fiction. Um, I read mysteries, murder, like suspense books, psychological thrillers. I'm not really big on procedural crime books if they're set in the UK. It's something about the difference between American police procedurals and UK ones. Mm-hmm. I can't quite get into it. I don't understand why, but there, there's a difference, and I'm just kind of... I just don't read them as much. I read read a little historical fiction. I told somebody yesterday, I said, I like a little historical and a lot of fiction in my historical <laughs> fiction. So are you a Fiona Davis fan? I have actually not read a Fiona Davis book, but I was in her line yesterday, and it is on my like anticipated reads list. Right, yeah. yeah. yeah Chelsea I, Girls, I would so. put her books in that category, wouldn't you, Chris? Yeah, they're not bogged down by history, but she has a really good way of making you feel like you're there in that time period. Right. I think she... Yeah, she does Beat, her best. Um, Beatrice Williams is like my favorite historical fiction person right currently. And then um, Kristen Hanna's The Nightingale. I See, ugly cried that. for hours after reading it. <laughs> and she broke me. And I can't read anymore about World War II, really. Oh. You know, it's very, it, she, she broke me, literally yeah. broke me in half. You know, my heart was just like, ugh. Wow. Yeah, when my daughter read that book, she said, I just never wanted it to be over. Exactly. You know, she just loved it, was, it. it was very detailed and very, it just, it paint. I mean, you knew things, but it painted a picture. And it just really, I mean, like, it tugged at your heartstrings completely. Wow. Now, we have to ask, because we're in the middle of a Gone with the Wind read-along. Have you ever read Gone with the Wind? All right, my book card will be totally taken away from me, plus my southern card. But I have <laughs> never read Gone with the Wind. Yeah. I have watched the movie a hundred million times, mm-hmm. and I love it. But the book, and I understand the book and the movie are very different. They are. But, um, no, I have never read we the book. We just had to ask, because we're in the it's, midst of it. Yeah. Yeah. It is very much on my 
one day I will read this, but it's like probably like book 100,000. <laughs> oh my, one day I will read this. And book. you will not read it in one day. Yeah, I'm here to sure. tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. takes a long time. But I do think it's worth it. We've been enjoying the read along. Very much. Yeah, talk about historical fiction. It's it's really good. Yeah. I definitely, I want to give it a try. But, um, and that's, that's so funny that you asked because when I went to Oxford Booktopia, that was one of the questions we were, um, we met somebody who was doing a book about that. Oh. And she's like, she goes, oh, so I know you read Gone with the Wind. I'm like, why did you call me out? And <laughs> 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 everybody turns and looks at me I'm like, no. Oh, that was 2012, so 2019. Still haven't read it. <laughs> so wandering the halls of uh, Book Expo, what have been your, your big finds that you've gotten? My big finds, goodness. Okay, Riley Sayers, um, Riley Sayers, the... I forget the name of the book that's so bad. It's okay. We're all brain dead today yeah. by this point. Stay three, people. Yeah, we don't three. have our words anymore. <laughs> he, um, his book comes out, I think, in July from um, Dudden, and it's it's got a gorgeous cover. I mean, like, really artsy, interesting. And I loved his Final Girls and The Last Time I Lied, although I think I loved The Last Time I Lied a little bit more because it had a, a camp um, element and an ending that you don't really see coming and mm, so yeah it definitely was good jocelyn jackson's never have i ever another big find i already had the book but i wanted to get to talk to her for a minute mm. it's a different direction she's going the um kind of a suspensey sort of thing mm. so i'm about um about 100 pages into it right now and i'm really enjoying it so far and eager to see if she is going to continue down this vein or she's going to like kind of retreat and go back to her previous sweet spots of her southern fiction um, with a little I don't want to say religious aspects but there is some like a little religious in it mm -hmm. and just um, really good characters that are flawed and yet amazing and just interesting so, and she also yeah. often has a mother-daughter theme I find in her yes book. yes this uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm spoiling anything this is a mother and a stepdaughter in this particular book so I'm kind of interested in see like how if there's any difference between mother daughter mother stepdaughter mm. um, how she'll be writing mm, about yeah. that interesting yeah I, got, I was in line and i was just so excited to see her i've never met her oh so. my god i met her at turner books in greenwood like two times mississippi book festival the very first year of mississippi book festival and here and okay. she's amazing, and if you've never seen her, and if you can see her, I mean, I would recommend driving to a blizzard to see this <laughs> She is that good. Okay. <laughs> and she also has a large backlist, so yes, if you does. can't wait till this new book comes out, check out Jocelyn Jackson. I adore her. Yeah, I haven't read anything by her yet, so these glowing recommendations, I'm on it. We're yeah. going to take your book card away from <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> So just how you and I didn't realize that we knew each other and we saw each other here, Chris and Tamara have known each other for years via the blog world, right? Yeah, and, and so when I was walking down an aisle and saw you standing in line, like we hugged like old friends while right, we exactly. saw each other. Because like, oh my God. Exactly. I it's, mean, book people are the best people. I mean, 
You can quote me on that. Book people are the best people. Mm -hmm. And so have there been other people throughout the years of your coming to Book Expo yes. where that's happened? Yes, yes. Um, I, can't, I can't recall anybody right now, and I don't want to offend anybody by not you know, putting their name out there. But people I will see, I will know via social media, they will see me. I usually take a picture of myself the day of Expo each day to kind of let people know what I'm wearing. Oh, that's, oh, a, that's great a great idea. idea. You kind of look, you know, like here, you know, I'm wearing this today, just to keep an eye out. And then... A lot of times, people hear my accent, and they're like, she's from the South. I know she's from the South. I'm going to talk to her. I know that's who Tamara is. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. That just makes me think, like, next year we should start a trend where we all wear hats with tall feathers or something <laughs> to identify ourselves. Well, especially as the women on the shore side. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This morning, I was trying to meet Russell at a stage, and I couldn't find it. I finally had to call him. Yeah. And the only way I could find it is because he told me he looked up and saw, like, the thing at the very top of the ceiling that he knew that I could possibly see. Yeah. So it's over that way. That's a great idea. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Hats or flags or something, yeah. yeah. Those bicycle flags, you know. There was a girl that was handing out bookmarks this year, and I'm totally still in that idea for next year, and she had all her little information at the bottom. You know, I mean, even better than a card. I mean, a card you might lose, but a bookmark, mm -hmm. if you're a book lover, you're going to hold on to that bookmark. That's true. Yeah. At least yeah. so you get home because you'll shove it in a book, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was so great so to meet you and to talk with you here. Right. Thank you for coming on to the Book Cougars. We are so welcome. I am so glad that I got to meet you and come over here and talk. And I love to talk. And, you know, just find me on Instagram or blog or mm -hmm. any sort of social media. And if you are at Book Expo, if you were at Book Expo and you saw me and you weren't sure, next year, just come talk to me. Absolutely. I will talk to you. She is super friendly, everybody. And we'll put your links in, in the show notes so people Perfect. can find right. it that Thank way. You so will be able to find all of her handles. Absolutely. Thank all right. You. Take care. Hi everyone, we're in a hallway, very fancy recording situation here at Book Expo, and we are thrilled to be with the Reading Women, who have a wonderful book podcast. If you're not listening, we recommend that you do. Kendra and Autumn are another duo, just like we are. So we thought we would let them introduce themselves because they do quite a few bookish things. <laughs> So I am Autumn and I am half of Reading Women and I handle all of the marketing media side of Reading Women, so our Instagram account, I also help manage things like our website, we do a reading challenge every year, we're doing a bingo for Reading Women Month and so I kind of handle all of those activities that we do on the podcast. Yeah, and I am Kendra, I'm the other half, and I do the editing producing side. I wrangle our contributors and organize schedules, and I really like schedules. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to have their role, it's yes, very important. Yeah. Yes, so that's kind of like project manager, producer, editor, that side of things. That's great, it's so great to see you, and you know, that weird thing when you hear people's voices in your earbuds, you're listening to them on the podcast, and then you see the voices coming out of their faces. It's yeah. a different experience. It totally is. Yeah. Yeah, someone walked up to me yesterday and was like, I know your voice. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that, the first time that happened to us, we were at an event and the two of us laughed, and someone came over and said, I know your laugh. Yeah. It was so yeah. funny. And we both yeah. hid in a corner. <laughs> yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about what, what's your mission here at Book Expo? Well, we actually are based in the South. I'm based in the upstate of South Carolina. Autumn's based in Atlanta. So we don't 
get to talk to a lot of publicists in person and know what's coming out. So there's actually a lot of legwork to figure out what is coming out if you don't have those you know, ability to do that. So coming to Book Expo really saved us a lot of time because they're prepared and ready to tell you what books they have coming out and it just makes things a lot easier. <laughs> well, and also we've had relationships with a lot of these people for three years now, which is a long time and we've been emailing for three years and so we just kind of wanted to come and meet all those people in person and put names to faces, so. It is really lovely. Some people like, I've never actually met you in person. I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. It reminds me of the Sonia Sotomayor event last night where she was there. She has a new children's book coming out and she was there with the illustrator. They had never met each other. They had worked from a distance the whole time. Which is one of my questions for the two of you. How often do you two actually see each other in person? Well, recently it's been a bit more, but I would say average is like once every three months. Something like that. And, and how do you record together? Uh, we use Skype, and then we each record our own audio, and then I sync them and edit them in, you know, after the fact. But then when we have more than just two people, it's like all of the different people have their own line, and it's adventurous. Yes, <laughs> I bet it is. Yeah. We're, we're fortunate. We just have a single track, oh, so it's yeah. easy. That's all yeah. And we sit across from each other, yeah. which is nice too. So yeah. we get to see each other. If I haven't seen Chris, which happened recently, between podcasts, you know, recordings. between recordings, yeah. I get I feel like I've really missed seeing a friend. Oh, it's, yeah, sweet. yeah. So can you tell uh, for people who aren't familiar with your podcast yet? Can you talk a little bit about what books you read, what your focus is? We started reading when we were three years ago because Kendra and I met in grad school and all of the classes that we were in together did not feature any women writers and we thought that that was really strange because we knew that there were great women out there but no one really seemed to be talking about them, especially contemporary writers, not just like from, you know, not just Jane Austen who's great, but we knew that there were more current writers and so she and I were having these very long, long conversations over the weekend and or actually every day just about and so yeah, we were doing age. we were doing buddy reads and things like that and so at one point we were like we love podcasts we should make a podcast and so that's kind of how it started so yeah it's been really interesting because we were probably reading so many books together so we did you know Jasmine Ward, Salvage the Bones, Son of Hearts, um, Goldfinch. Goldfinch, it's like Goldfinch no that is it when we did that, it just became like an extension of what we were already doing, was having these discussions. So in the beginning, it was mainly just for us, just for our friends, we were having these discussions, and narrowly imagined that more people beyond that, and like, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Those moms, they come in handy. <laughs> so you were doing that while you were in grad school, though, and you were reading other work? It was right after we got Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we started buddy reading shortly after we graduated mm -hmm. and then it was about a year after that that we started the podcast yeah because I graduated a year behind autumn I did the extended track <laughs> and, um, and so when I graduated in 2015 that fall we really started reading a lot so then the following spring was when we started it and yeah it was really it was really nice you said something about a bingo coming up is that what you said can yes. you tell us a little bit about that so our third birthday is 
at the time of this recording tomorrow. Right. And so we always try to do like a fun challenge during the year, just because people like love gaming their TBR list. <laughs> and so we're doing a bingo board this year, which we in the past we've done like a photo a day, you know, on a theme, something like that. So this year we're doing the bingo board where there's like different topics, and if you get like five diagonal or five across, then you're entered to win a prize. And people have been really excited about it. Very excited. Like, I thought people might think it was kind of weird. I don't know. We've never done anything like it before. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't know what the response would be. But people have been yeah. really excited about it. And we even great. tried to do like a... I did my video on YouTube because it's across multiple platforms. So I was planning on just keeping it on YouTube and like maybe Twitter maybe, but then doing the big launch on Instagram, but it leaped so hard. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I'm glad you're enthusiastic. We'll just, we'll just post this earlier, that's fine. But it's been really great to see that enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. um, people have been like, I'm taking this row and trying to beat this and oh, bless that free space. Thanks guys. <laughs> it's been really cool. That's um, great. We're glad that it worked out. Well, I can see where it'd be a great way to try to tackle some books on your TBR shelf, right, yeah. you know, and give you some form as to how to approach reading them. Yeah, I mean, I think especially in, in the summer, I don't know, I always kind of like to mix up my reading in the summer and maybe read something out of the ordinary a little bit. So I think the bingo does that too. Because we have like a road story, a beach story, you know, things cool. like that. Yeah. So that's kind of cool as We well. read a favorite, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And I try to make it so that each, you know, row or whatever has like, something that you can say like a fun prompt like a you know summer read and then something that may expand your reading so a, you know a book by an asian american woman author that kind of thing so that's, that's a great, great idea yeah i like that yeah now has I, I know you read books by women but has doing the podcast changed your reading at all how you read what you read or is it just a deeper dive into what you've always enjoyed reading I think it's definitely, for me, made me read some stuff that I wouldn't have normally read, just because, like, I read a graphic novel for the first time for the podcast, and I didn't read it, because we theme each month, so, like, one episode had, was, the whole month was graphic novels, and I was like, I don't even know what this is, I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't know what, is it a comic, and Kendra's like, no, and I'm like, okay, sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> so, you know, that's been really good. I also have been reading more fantasy, like current fantasy, like N.K. Jemisin, who's, uh, what, the Nebula? No, no, that was this season. Yes, but what's that one? Uh, all of the Things. She won the Hugo Award the Hugo for three, okay. three in a row for each of the books in the trilogy. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's the accomplishment. First person to ever do that. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't even know what the Hugo Award was, and then, like, so I read it for the podcast kind of a thing, and so it definitely has expanded the types of books that I read. Yeah, and that was really cool to see. I've always been a big fantasy person, and seeing Autumn read more of that. Um, and then also, I'm not as big of a mystery thriller person, but I've read more of that because, and so we talked about Attica Locke. Yeah. Huge fan. Yeah. yeah. Also now, Sujata Massey's Perrine mystery series. Yeah, that's really good. Oh my goodness. I love Perrine so much. She's the hero we need right now. Oh, yeah. good yeah. to know. Yeah. Really love her. And romances. I've started reading more romance novels about two or three a year going from nothing mm -hmm. and I think it's been really interesting it's like if you haven't found a romance novel that you love you just need to keep looking yeah, yeah. probably out there there's so many different styles horror romance or sci-fi romance mm -hmm. uh, speculative mm -hmm. yeah 
hot romance. Hot, yeah, I mean, hot and steamy <laughs> romance, yeah. So what have been some of the surprises or the big thing that you're most excited about here at Book Expo? Well, I found out today that Leslie Jameson has new essays coming out, and I had no idea, and I've read her other essays in her last nonfiction mm-hmm. book, so that was exciting to discover that yeah just discovering new books and new authors has been a lot of fun mm. yeah there's a there's a book called um, Hollow Kingdom is yeah. that right it's a lime green cover with a purple raven on it it's by Grand Central and it's Kira Jane Buxton, Buxton. and I didn't know I needed that book in my life <laughs> um, there is a crow called we'll say crap turd for the sake of podcast um, <laughs> called ST's the initials and that's how he goes by, and he is the one that is the viewpoint character for the book. And wow, it's, interesting. zombies involved, I heard. Yeah, it's like post-apocalyptic or yeah. something. Yeah, and I was like, I didn't know I needed this book. I, know, I, was like, I haven't read a truly weird book in a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that sounds like it sounds already. Sounds good, yeah. <laughs> that's great. that's great. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk with us today. It's been great to meet you in person. We're so excited to meet you all, too. Yeah, and we will put all of your contact information and information. Is it too late to join the bingo, or it's all summer long? Okay, Okay. we'll put all of that information in the show notes for people. Great. All right, thank you. Hey, everybody. We're back in our fancy recording studio in the hallway at Book Expo, and we have a new friend that we met this year, Robert, who is a booktuber. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm glad you invited me. And can you tell us a little bit about your BookTube channel? Maybe sure. even starting with what BookTube is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's interesting because I didn't really know what BookTube was either. I didn't watch anything on YouTube for years. And right as I retired from teaching, uh, I started discovering people's channels on YouTube that were discussing books. And that's where the BookTube t- name comes from. It's just people who have channels on YouTube that are book based and I started one just a little over a year and a half almost a year and a half ago when I quit teaching and very quickly got sucked into the whole community because it's it's very open and welcoming to new people and it has changed the way I read it's changed uh, the way I interact with people online it's been pretty interesting and what is the name of your channel my channel name is barter hordes that because you've heard books, I'm assuming. Actually, no, it's an anagram <laughs> of my name. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. I am terrible at coming up with handles for different things, and yeah. so I found that on an anagram maker years ago, and I've been using it ever since. That's, that's fantastic. Great. Yeah. But do you hoard books? I don't. Um, I used to. I've moved so many times in the last two decades, and it seems like every time I move, I shed books like crazy. And so I've given up on the hoarding thing. I've got a certain number of shelves in my house, and when those fill, which won't be terribly long, then I have to start getting rid of stuff that I know I don't really need to keep before I buy more. I, I don't want it just to become a hoarding situation right, yeah. in case I move again. Yeah. yeah, That's my goal. That's my new goal is to do the same thing. I used to always add bookshelves, but say I've moved a lot, too, in the yeah. last couple decades. So every time I move... I have fewer books. Yeah. Well, I moved into my new place um, in North Carolina in August, and I still probably have 25 boxes of books sitting in the garage that I haven't unpacked yet. Yeah. yeah. And that's just me being lazy and not wanting to face it. Yeah. 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 Well, books are heavy. That's they are. Yeah, they books. Yes, they are. <laughs> well, one of the things we are really interested in, Robert, um, is that you have started this BookTube prize for fiction. 
Could you tell us a little bit about why you came up with that idea and, and sure. how it's going? Um, the last 10 years of my teaching career, I was an English teacher, but I was also uh, a speech and debate coach. And so I was with two different schools in speech and debate um, over the years that were very active on the national circuit. We would go to tournaments virtually every weekend. So it was a it was a nonstop job. You teach during the week and you travel on the weekends with the debate team and you never slept. Um, but I got really involved in that in that world and the format that I'm using for the Book Two Prize actually comes from a speech competition event where in the speech and debate world a bunch of students will come together over the course of the weekend, they have to whittle a field down of maybe 150 students to one winner. Wow. And so it's a pretty uh, efficient format. Uh, we're not starting with as big a field, so we don't have to do quite as many rounds, and our rounds take a lot longer, because I give each round two months so that people can read six books. Uh, in a debate round, they're done in an hour. So yeah. it's a little different, but the format's the same. We start with 48 books that were published in the previous year. We start in January, I send a long list of about 150 books to the judges, and they can vote for up to 20 of the books on that list, and then the ones that get the most votes become the 48 that start our competition. So I don't actually pick the field. And then each round, they're split into groups of six books, and each group has a panel of judges that reads them independently, and they rank them one to six, and then I compile all the rankings and the, the three books in each group of six that do the best advance to the next round. So each round we cut the field in half. And we just done the cut from the quarterfinals, 24 books, down to the semifinals. So we're down to the top 12 now. Yeah, I watched that video last night. Yeah. I'm happy to see that where the crawdad sing made it in. It's been so popular. <laughs> I, I think I'm part of the reason that people have started reading that because I kept shoving it at people. After <laughs> I read it. It's a good one to shove. It really yeah. is. Yeah. It was, I, was, I was not expecting to like it as much Me as either. I yeah. did, yeah. but yeah. I had read Without realizing it was the same author, I'd read one of Delia Owen's nonfiction books maybe 20 years ago, oh. uh, The Cry of the Kalahari, I think she wrote with her partner. Mm -hmm. And the, the nature writing was just so stunning in that book. I still remember that one. And then when I realized it was the same author, I said, well, that makes sense because she really makes the East Coast of North Carolina come to life. Yeah. And I just, I just found the book fascinating, even though I'm not usually a mystery reader, but there's a misrepresentation in it at the end, but it's just so well done. I really, I'm pleased for her that it has done so well with her first venture into fiction. So yeah, yeah. now it's, what she, what will she do next? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Sure. So she's doing really well. Um, there are a couple debuts on the, on the list. Um, Fatima Farheen Mirza's A Place for Us surprised mm -hmm. me too, and people have really started to gravitate toward that book, and it's one of the top 12 now. So um, there's some really interesting books. I enjoyed books. that book, yeah. One of the things that I've really enjoyed about the prize, besides just the competitive aspect, I miss that part of speech and debate. I don't miss the <laughs> weekly travel, yeah. but I do miss organizing events like that. Is um, The thing that's been the best for me is it's brought me to books that I never would have found otherwise. Mm. I don't read new releases typically that soon after they're out. Um, I'm usually the one who waits until they kind of filter themselves out, come out and trade paperback, but now I'm reading them like the week after they come out, things mm -hmm. like that. And I found several this year, um, besides the Delia Owens book, uh, Secret Nunez's The Friend mm -hmm. was one of our original Field 48. It didn't advance, but I picked it up anyway, and I was just incredibly impressed with that book. I just thought it was wonderful. It's like, I never would have found that book otherwise. 
So that's been good for me. We are considering adding a category next year for nonfiction because there have been several people who have asked about that. That'd be exciting. As long as we have enough people who will serve as judges. And I usually, I'll, I'll put out a call for judges in October, right after we announce this year's winner. And anybody you know related to BookTube, you don't have to have a channel, but we encourage you to have a channel to talk about the books. But anybody who's involved in the BookTube community is welcome to judge for us. And so I'll put out a call for judges in October, and I hope I get swamped with yeah, yeah. judges. We had 40 this year, which was great. Yeah. But we'll need twice that many if we add another division. So. Yeah. So do you, is this, this might be an, an inappropriate question to ask, but do you have a sense of who the winner might be? I don't. I, I have four or five that I thought were going to do really well, and some of them have been. Cersei was a big surprise that it got knocked out in the quarterfinals, but then I looked at the group it's in, and it's up, it was up against some really powerful books. One of the things that made me decide to do the, the prize in this format is that I've, I've been a follower of the Booker Prize for years, and then more recently the National Book Award and the Women's Prize. And one of the things that bothered me was the way that they have four or five or six judges, but they get together and they essentially horse trade to decide what goes on the list or what wins. And having been around judges in the debate world long enough, you always have some judges who are much more vehement about their opinions than others and they persuade the other judges to vote with them, and I did not want that. Mm -hmm. And so the debate format means that the judges have to make up their minds independently, and they don't talk to other judges until after they've all turned in their ballots. And so you'll get groups of books in this competition where one judge is given a book the number one, the best ranking, and another judge will have given it the six. And so you see the wide range of diverse opinions Mm -hmm. about the books, and I actually prefer that if you have enough judges, it kind of balances out and you get a fairly accurate consensus. But every once in a while, you get a, a result like Cersei being knocked out, yeah, and people want to sure burn does. the place <laughs> down. We've seen a lot of I'm comments. I'm not going to judge for you next year. <laughs> We've seen comments about, how could that possibly have been knocked out? It's, it's like so interesting. Seven judges judged right, it. Four yeah. of them didn't think it should go on. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so it didn't. Right. But um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really pleased with the amount of people who have come forward to want to get involved with it next year, and I mm-hmm. hope that continues. We are going to do a, I say it's a book festival this year, it's just really a booktuber meetup in October. The first week in October is when we'll announce the winner, and we're going to have a gathering in Raleigh-Durham and some independent book crawl, book stop, you know, book stop um, along the way on Saturday, and then some meetings and things like that, just kind of for the booktubers to get together and say hi, because we don't get to accept events like this. Yeah. So, and, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, so tell us about attending Book Expo for you. Has that been fun because you get to meet people in person? It has been. I know Kendra already because uh, before I even started my channel, I was driving from Florida up to North Carolina when I was getting ready to move, and I just emailed Kendra and said, you know, I'll stop in Greensville and let's have coffee. That's Kendra of the Reading Women. Yeah, right? yeah. So I've met her before, and then I met her again with Autumn at the Decatur Book Festival last year. Several of us decided to go and meet. I met Doris from Aldi Books there as well. And so this is the third or fourth time I've actually gotten to meet Kendra in person, so we feel like we're old friends now. Uh, it's the first time I've met Russell from Ink and Paper Blog, but I knew he was coming, and people like Matthew Sharapa I saw briefly in the, in the hallway. So that has been good, uh, because I, I'm pretty isolated in North Carolina. I, 
I don't get off my couch other than to walk my dog. <laughs> and so actually seeing people at these events has been good. Yeah. It's also been exhausting. It it's is, very it? exhausting. It's a weird combination of being exhausted physically, but being so stimulated exactly. from meeting people and all these new books that are coming out. Right. So it's, yeah. yeah. And this is your first year, right? It's my first year I've come. Yeah. yeah. So you'll have more strategy. I mean, I think Chris and I, this is our third and our first year we were completely overwhelmed. Our yeah. second year we, we had more strategy. We had more yeah. strategy which kind of went by the wayside though as, as you get as you see something you know yeah, the bright the bright shiny right. carrot yeah this year i feel like we've really kind of um paced ourselves well yeah so. well the other thing is i wasn't really that I, i'm not one that collects autograph copies too often mm-hmm. but you know in a medium a book festival i like to get an author to sign the copy when i saw fiona davis was here and i wasn't doing anything that hour i just happened to be one of the first ones to get there when they started the line i thought okay i'll wait in line to meet her because i've had a literary crush on her yeah. since I read the masterpiece, and uh, she was delightful. So yeah. Yeah, it was worth standing wonderful. in line for her. Yeah. I've been looking forward to her new book coming out anyway. So that's been fun too. Although that's not my primary reason. I wanted to meet publicists and get my business card in a few people's hands yeah. so they'll answer my emails. Because right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. that's a challenge. With book two prize, what? We yeah. never heard of you. Who are yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been fun. Well, wonderful. Well, well thank you. So thank you so much, much for talking well, with it's us. Been great meeting you both and I hope it's not a whole year before we run into each other again but yeah, yeah. hope not come yeah. come to Raleigh Durham for our booktube meetup in October that would be fun that would be, that fun. be really yeah. fun yeah. thank you thank you so much Robert thanks are once again in our fancy hallway at Book Expo recording. You might hear some background noise, doors opening and closing, or little chitter-chatter, but we are so excited to be here with a fellow Connecticut neighbor, Alyssa Sweet, who is the event coordinator at for two bookstores, yep. Bank Square Books and Savoy Bookstore. Bank Square is in Mystic, Connecticut, and the Savoy is in Westerly, Rhode Island. So you cross state lines when you do your job. (laughs) I do. I live in Westerly. I mostly work from Mystic. And people, I mean, but part of Westerly is basically in Connecticut. Like, it's Westerly Pocket Talk, and people are always like, I can't believe you commute to Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) I do. That's hilarious. Both of them are fantastic bookstores. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I love them. I was a regular for years before I worked there, so... I was very excited to be on the other side. And we got to see Alyssa, we proudly got to see Alyssa on stage yesterday (laughs) because she was part of an indie booksellers showcase? It was called Indies Introduce. Okay. Um, And the basic idea is from January until April, we, a a bunch of publishers, we actually had 52 submissions, can submit works of debut novels or, or works of nonfiction, so debut books. Um, that are being, it's an author who's being published for the first time in the United States. So, so we had some works in translation that were not their first books, but they were their first books in Oh, that's great. Yes. Yeah. So we read all of them and then we picked our 10 favorites. And so yesterday was the panel to introduce the 10 favorites to the public. Yeah. yeah. And it was a really fun panel because um, authors read parts of their mm-hmm. books, which is unusual at Book Expo. You don't really see that very often. I really enjoyed that. It was really cool. And it's neat, too, because some of the authors was their first time ever reading in public. Yes. So they were like, how do I, what do I, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's a lot. And so it's a big place to do your first it, reading. I was yeah. just going to say that. I know one of the authors, her voice was shaking. I mean, I felt for her because it is. It's, it's 
you know, just it's a vast kind of arena to mm -hmm. be yeah. looking out at while you're reading from your debut novel. Well, and some of the booksellers were very soft spoken, and it's like you got you got to kind of yell to be heard. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. tell us about the book that you got to introduce. Um, so I introduced two books. One of them was In West Mills by Deshaun Charles Winslow. And um, it's this really amazing novel. So he was one of the people who read and talked about his book a little bit. It starts in the 1940s, goes through the 1980s in this um, kind of small African-American community in North Carolina. And it's just this totally badass main character named um, Azalea. She goes by Knot, like K-N-O-T. And it's basically her story of her, like, her community her best friend Otis Lee who lives across the street and it just she is like an alcoholic who only reads classic literature she won't be married she refuses to be tied down she's just this kind of fearsome character but she, I mean she was like she's become one of my favorite fictional characters she's just so complex and interesting and the book is really it's he does a really good job with dialogue it's really pitch perfect the the way he writes it is not overwritten it's really beautiful um, and it just is really, that's a really like enjoyable book to read. Oh. So that was one of the ones that I talked about. And okay. then uh, in a panel, like at the end, there were some authors who couldn't come, and one of them was Claudia Hernandez, who wrote this really gorgeous memoir called Knitting the Fog. Um, it's a feminist press book, so it's a small press, which mm -hmm. is really cool, too, because some of our selections were from these really kind of independent publishers. And this book is a memoir from a woman she, as a child, immigrated from Guatemala to Los Angeles illegally. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's her story, the first section is her story in Guatemala. She had a kind of, her, da her dad was sort of abusive to her mom. So her mom ended up leaving the family, going to the US and sort of making a life there and then coming back for the girls. And then, so she actually illegally immigrated twice into the, into the US and she came mm -hmm. back and then she came back for the girls. And then, so it's, it's a detailed, first of her life in Guatemala and then the detailed trip from Guatemala too. It's like the, it's like in detail about how they cross the Rio Grande. Mm -hmm. like it's just really, really fascinating, um, and it's also from the perspective of a really young girl. Mm -hmm. So you get these kind of moments where she there's there are moments where she captures the fact that they could die, and it's the gravity of the situation. Like when they're crossing the river, mm -hmm. she's like, "I could drown," but there are other times where her mother is sort of like shushing her to not talk about the experience, and it's because they could be killed, you know, and so. Mm -hmm. There's, you kind of read this drama that isn't necessarily on the page, which is great. Um, and then the third section is kind of when they get there and the kind of assimilation that mm -hmm. she goes through. And mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's partly in Spanish, partly in English. It's partly in verse. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a really beautiful <clears throat> memoir wow. format. So. And Knitting the Fog. Knitting the Fog. That's a great title. Um, knitting the Fog. And the poetry is really beautiful. Um, and so the, the, the poem will show up in Spanish, and then the translation will be on the other page. And those are kind of throughout each chapter. So. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, one thing we've been asking people is, what is your mission here at Book Expo? For me, it's really nice. So I, I'm the event manager, so I work with publicists a lot. I often know a lot about the upcoming books. Like, I'm reading now books that are coming out at the, at the fall or even into 2020. So for a lot of people, I think their mission for Book Expo is to learn about upcoming books, but a, most books are on my radar. There are some that I might have missed that are really fun. Um, so for me, it's really cool just to meet people in person that I've been emailing with. So I, you know, meeting a publicist or an editor who I only know by name and, you know, we haven't, we've been emailing for two years and have never met is, yeah. is always super fun. We just did, I just did an editor's speed dating where you jump around to different tables. So there'd be like a table for narrative nonfiction or works in translation or whatever. 
um, and you get to meet the editors and they, they're talking about the books that they're the most excited about and that's always fun because I feel like they don't get to meet kind of the booksellers very mm -hmm. often. Yeah. Um, so, that's where, so that's by category then? But this one was. This sometimes one, okay. it's by publisher. This one was okay. like, it would be a children's nonfiction. It would be four editors from four different publishers that each have five minutes to talk. And that's so great. It's, it was really fun. Yeah. It's, I think my voice is a little hoarse <laughs> yeah. from, from all the talking. Very sultry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, but I'm curious. So there's the, you're not the buyer. So you're not buying books. But you need to know what's coming out because you're planning events. So you're planning for authors to come to the bookstores, correct? Yep. So about, I want to say six months out, I get a, the publisher send a list of who is going on tour, who they're sending on tour, possibly. It's not always exact, but, mm -hmm. and then what I can do is I can basically submit proposals for any authors that I think would be a good, a good fit for our, our area, for our readers, for our vet program, or if I have an offsite idea, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I get to look at this book list six months out, and then about three months out, I start booking, you know, booking events, and um, so it's very much working in the future. So I see a lot of those books. I don't always have on my radar books for authors that are not touring so like author you know books in translation are a good example that right. I might not know about ahead of time unless I see a gallery and it, it piques my interest mm -hmm. you know we get advanced reader copies sent to the store a lot so I try to browse through those as well but um is there stiff competition for getting on an author's tour oh yeah it's a uh, it's hard and we're really lucky because we're located between New York City and Boston right. so a lot of times we'll kind of catch really great authors on their tour to bigger cities, mm -hmm. um, which is amazing. And we have some really good partner venues, um, like the Guard Art Center in New London, uh, that, and then Mohegan Sun, where we can host a bigger event that we could never fit in our store. Mm -hmm. um, but we have competition, and, and a lot of times, like if you know, there are some amazing bookstores around us, but we might share a lot of the same customers. So if someone is doing a big event at RJ Julia's in Madison, they might not want to send the offer to us as well because it, it might kind of hurt the attendance at both events. Right, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's and it's like, I go to those events because they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we all support each other. <laughs> right, um, yeah. sure. But there is, for Scarce Competition to either have, first of all, to have a, get an author to come to New England and then between the bookstores just to kind of make sure that um, you're not over-saturating mm -hmm. yeah, with events. And so, yeah. yeah. But yeah. also just... Yeah, it's, and, and then the problem too is sometimes you'll get this amazing event offered to you and you already have every date booked. Yeah. And, you know, so sometimes you, it just doesn't work out with the, the timing yeah. too. So oh. it's always sort of like playing with a puzzle. <laughs> so have you had an event where you had a complete author crush? Um, <laughs> just, uh, actually, it's pretty funny because just recently we hosted one of my like when you like joke with your husband, you're like, oh, this is my like top five. Um, <clears throat> what am I like? Your top, list. My like, you know, your hall pass. Yes. yes. Um, we just hosted Craig Ferguson, who used to host the late, the late late show, and he's an actor. And I've just always thought he was just like the handsomest, coolest dude. And so we hosted an event with him at Mohegan Sun, and it was great. He was in conversation with Adriana Trigiani, and and I was so excited to meet him because I just I always used to watch his show, and my roommates and I would kind of get together and. Um, and so I met him, and I, I like, I think I was a little over exuberant when I, <laughs> when I first met him. But he was so so nice. Like, um, it's, I think it's really nice when you, you see somebody like he, you know, hosted a talk show, so he has this kind of persona. But then his personality when he's not on camera is also just like really nice and genuine. So right. that was my most recent, more like celebrity crush that we hosted. Um, but there are a couple authors. Um, we actually one of the authors that I. Have a like literary crush on it. She lives in. She's actually a friend of mine, and she lives in Westerly, 
and it's Juliet Grames. She wrote this amazing novel, it's called The Seven or Eight Deaths of Stella Fortuna. Oh yeah, and that's, people are <clears throat> raving about that it's right like, now. It's like, it was part, it's published by Echo, which is an imprint of HarperCollins, and it was their, HarperCollins, one of their lead reads. It just came out in May, and I, I knew Juliet before, before she had her book published, she also works in publishing, but this book, when I read it, I was like, suddenly kind of intimidated by her, <laughs> because it's just such a like, sweeping, beautiful um, story, and so... So that was one where I was like, oh, we're friends, but now I feel like I also have a weird crush on you because you're, <laughs> yeah. so, you're so smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, fabulous. I don't know. It's really cool to host events because uh, you get to read this, like, you know, I'll read a book and then three months later, I'll often get to meet the author and I'm like, yeah. oh, I can ask you questions that usually you're kind of thinking, oh, like, I wish I knew, like, for Juliet Grames' book, it's, it ends up, it's the story of her grandmother, basically kind of a fictionalized version of her grandmother's very crazy life story um, coming from Calabria, Italy, and then to the United States. And so I was able to text her and be like, so tell me, like, was your grand, did this really happen? You know, and, <laughs> that's yeah. great. Um, so great. That's always yeah. really fun. Very cool. Oh, you have oh. the best job. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm very lucky. <laughs> well, thank you thank so you. much for taking the time. I know you have a really busy schedule here at Book Expo. But it was so great to be able to sit down and talk with you and record a little bit. Of course. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, everybody. We are here with Sarah Woodford, the library director of St. Thomas More, the Catholic Chapel and Center at Yale University. And she's also... Yeah, she's also my book club leader. I've mentioned the book club, it's our Tilton Street book club, and Sarah's the one responsible for the recent wonderful Jane Austen biography we read, A Life in Little Things, uh, by Paula Byrne. Oh, it's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. And Sarah's one of those really hugely into Jane Austen people yes. of which I spoke. <laughs> I think you said that you've read Pride and Prejudice like 30 times. It's more like 60 at oh. this point. <laughs> wow. It was 30 in high school. So. <laughs> That is some serious commitment. How, how, why do you decide to read it again? Well, I think there's something really comforting about Jane Austen's voice, that her narrative is so empathetic but wry, and I just felt like she articulated my inner life and my emotions in ways that I wasn't, especially as a middle schooler and a high schooler, I wasn't yet at a place to articulate and so Pride and Prejudice was really important to me. Persuasion was also very important mm -hmm. and I think I by the end of high school I had read Persuasion about 50 times. Wow that's, that's awesome. Amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. So Sarah we've been asking people hmm. just to tell us a little bit about what their mission is here at Book Expo. Well my mission this time was with another colleague of mine um, that we are starting a offer series at St. Thomas More that will be sponsored by the Vincent Library, which is the library that I direct. And so we're looking for authors who are Catholic affiliated, Christian affiliated, Yale affiliated. And we, we got to talk to some really amazing people and it was just lovely to see how helpful they were, how helpful their publicists were. So I'm really excited to go home and put together our short list because it's a really long list right now of you know people who are eager to come hang out with us next year. And do you have straight book events or do you have book clubs with these authors? How so do you do I think the sky's the limit right now since this is so new we we might depending on 
who we decide on in the end. We might do a book club with that particular author before they come in. Mm -hmm. So that is on the table too, but it all comes down to who we get, when we get them, and what the programming for the rest of the center is going to look like next year. And can you tell us a little bit about the center? I've never been there. I've been to Yale, obviously. You'll have to come over. We should have tea, and I'll take you yeah, on a tour. That would, that would be great. <laughs> and Chris, I don't think you have. You I have, have not been there. Okay, no. So we will have to. You'll have to come over, and we'll have tea, and I'll take you around. Excellent. So the chapel was built in the 1930s by uh, Douglas Orr, and it's colonial red red brick with these beautiful etched windows. And then the Golden Center was built later in the 2000s, and it's a Caesar Pelli building. And one of my favorite things he said about it is, um, secret societies don't have windows and are very closed because they're secret societies, but a chapel is, especially a college chapel, is open to everyone. And so he made sure that there we have these large windows. Mm -hmm. And so light streams in during the day, light streams out in the evening. So it's just a really open, welcoming place. And I'd like to think that's kind of what how we are as a chaplaincy is we really enjoy working with Catholic students, developing them and their faith. And we do that through um, programming where it's um, study, act, pray. And so, you know, we work with study, we work with action, with service, and we work with, you know, the more contemplative side of faith. That's really That's cool. great. And I love the support that you all give students at Yale during finals and midterms and everything. Can you talk a little bit about oh, that? Sure. Yeah, and I, I, that's great that I could give a shout out to the Yale Library System, especially you know, Sterling Memorial. They put on every year a lo something called a Long Night Against Procrastination. That's great. <laughs> that's a great title. Yes. Could they put that on for me, please? <laughs> we all need it. Long Nights Against Procrastination. Yes. Um, and so it's just during reading week, and it's an evening. The It goes usually from 7 p.m. To, to midnight. And students sign up for it. And I have a location here at St. Thomas More, there are other locations around campus. Bass has a location. Um, I believe the medical has a location. I think Haas Arts Library has one. Forgive me if I'm forgetting, there might be a couple others, but there's other libraries around campus that also do this. And so students come, they sign in, and then we confiscate their phone. Oh, for, wonderful. For the evening. They get it back at the end with like a nice stress swag bag with bubble wrap and fun bookmarks. And last time we had the little Japanese squishies um, in them and stress balls, things like that. But they leave their phones with us in a big, basket and we always tell them to turn it off too because one year <laughs> right. when we did it and we didn't turn it off and so the basket was like shaking. <laughs> <laughs> so, never again. <laughs> um, and yeah and then they have you know you know that that period from seven to midnight to study and there's two study breaks, you know, fifteen minutes each where they can get up and stretch. We sometimes run productivity courses with um, the Center for Teaching and Learning. That was something we did for the first time last this past um, finals. And 
Yeah, and then we have caffeine for them. We have coffee, <laughs> we have tea, we have snacks. So it's just a way that, that, that it's such a stressful time and it's a way that you can study with other people who are stressed out. You can be in it together and you can be taken care of. And, and put so your phones so aside. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's beautiful. I wonder, I have this image of these kids like in front of the basket not wanting uh -huh. to drop their phones. I sometimes have to talk them in. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be okay. Yeah. You will be right. here when you are done. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. Else. So I'm a little um, confused though. This library is part of the Yale yep. library system where you work. So we're becoming more and more part of it. When I started this job three years ago, it was its own little entity. So borrowing books from us, we have a separate cataloging system from the larger university. Um, but just uh, because my colleagues at Yale are so great and they love our space and they love my library, it's been really wonderful to see the ways we've become more and more integrated into the library system because we also are serving Yale students. I'm also serving Yale students at STM. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there are so many libraries at Yale yes. and I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that, that there are how many libraries? Like yeah. Was it 12 or something? At least. It, it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, when they've come to visit, they say, well, I want to see the library on campus. And it's like, well, which one? Exactly. Yeah. And I think most people, they think of the Sterling or mm -hmm. the Beinecke. Right. Um, but there are so many different libraries mm -hmm. that are open. I think all of oh, them yeah. are open, except mm -hmm. maybe the law library. The law library I know as yeah. well. And I, I got to go to an event at the law library, mm -hmm. and I snuck in. No, I'm sorry, at the law building. Ah. And I snuck into the library, and I got completely busted by a guard. He was oh, like, you out. So, but it looked really interesting for the yeah. second I got to see it. We have time for one more question. And I'm just kind of curious about what your experience has been here at Book Expo, because it's your first Book Expo. It, it is my first Book Expo. Oh my gosh, it has been so much fun. I, I think I had a really busy May, and to come to a convention with lots of people and like be part of swarms, I was a little like, oh dear, what is this going to be? <laughs> but it has just been so life-giving and joyful, and it's just been really great to get to talk to you know, all of these great authors who have books coming out, their publicists, and again, I just, everyone's been so kind and so helpful and so energetic and eager, and that just really has made all the difference for me, and it's, so it's just been an absolute pleasure. Well, great, great to hear. Yeah. All right. Well, Sarah, thanks so much oh, well, for taking the time to talk with us. I know your dance card is packed. Always <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you training back? Uh, I will be training back. Yeah, okay. yes. Excellent. Right. Well, safe travels home, Thank and you. I look forward to seeing you again, Connecticut side, yes. and getting a tour. That would be really yeah, fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much for having Thank me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Book Cougars with Chris Wallach and Emily Fine. To keep the bookish conversation going online, join our Goodreads group or connect with us on social media. If you'd like to contribute to our hunt for a good read, you can donate on Patreon. And if you have a minute to review us on whatever app you use to listen to us, we appreciate it. It can help other listeners find us. Thanks, everybody.